welcome to the ADHD Manual Podcast. My name is Abby Chow. I'm a marriage and family therapist, an ADHD certified clinical services provider, and a proud ADHDer. This is a podcast for people with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and those who love us, which covers pretty much everybody. Growing up with a colorful brain in a black and white world can make us feel like aliens. The manual we were given to guide us through life doesn't have any diagrams of the parts we have. I've decided to stop throwing away my parts and start throwing away this useless manual to write my own. So kick off your shoes, have a seat, and take a break from fitting yourself into a mold that's not your shape. You belong here. Allies, welcome to the ADHD planet. ADHDers, welcome home. Hi, everyone. Thank you for sticking with me and your patience. Um, there was no episode a couple weeks ago. Um, because, like I said, I was in Hawaii with my family. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, we had a great time. Um, I, uh, you know, we got to spend a lot of time together. I got some kind of sun poisoning slash heat rash. Um, and I saw a lot of birds. So, <laughs> it was, uh, all in all, quite a trip. And, uh... It was just really, really great to, to see my fam. Um, I will say that it was like, uh, it made me think a lot about, you know, like traveling, especially traveling somewhere tropical with, um, a mixed neurotype family. Um, I think that is a, uh, just a really, um, perfect, storm in some ways. And I think there's a lot to be said about, um, you know, what we've learned about how to travel, um, together when oftentimes everyone has pretty different needs. So, um, yeah, so I, I might address that sometime later, or maybe I can bring my family in on it as well. Um, but we have to, we have to debrief <laughs> to talk about the trip. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, but all in all, it was really great. And, um, it was also good to have a break. So thank you for letting me take a break. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I think, um, I think I'll just jump right in and then, um, I have a couple thoughts, but I'll just save them for the end. So, um, today I, uh, traveled back in the, the, uh, the dark depths of my email to, um, to bring up emails and questions that I've received, um, actual years ago that I have not addressed yet. Um, and, uh, came across one that, um, seemed like a, it was a really great question. And I, I could have sworn that I had covered it in the past, but I, um, I looked through my archive and I didn't really see one that was specifically on this. So I thought now is as good a time as any. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I will, yeah, respond to this person. And, uh, I don't even know if they listen to the podcast, but <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, give them the episode and, and hope that helps. Um, and sorry for the delay if, <laughs> Um, but it's a pretty, uh, general question. It's one that I've received many times and one that I have seen, um, 
brought up in um, ADHD circles, um, as well as maybe other facets of neurodivergence. It, it comes up from time to time. Um, so basically, the question was um, uh, about someone who's young child, um, like elementary school age child, um, struggles with transitions and switching from one task to another. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. And, and basically, uh, asking for, for help with that. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I've received this question in multiple forms over the years and, um, I've seen a lot of, uh, discussion about it and I think it's, uh, a really great, question and really important to talk about specifically um because uh yeah and it, and I don't I don't say this often but um let me tell you a uh, person <laughs> if you ask me about how to help your kid with transitions um you really came to the right place <laughs> um I uh yeah I I think I would consider um Transitions to be like definitely in my top five biggest issues, recurring concerns, um, areas of uh, that need attention, whatever you want to call it. I definitely think it's way up there for me because it's been, um, you know, present my entire life. Um, I've often, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before. Um, but yeah, like as a as a kid, I uh, I often got very angry and um, dysregulated when asked to switch from like one task or topic or location to another one, um, and so my parents often had to give me like um, really like advance notice. <laughs> um, they kind of describe it like they were like submitting uh, a request for like a an off-campus field trip in advance like <laughs> like I had to get my approval um yeah because it, it just it was not hard to really throw me and um I really needed to know what to expect um before I was expect to com expected to, co to comply um so like um, I always wanted to know, like, where are we going? When are we going there? How long are we going to be there? When are we going to come home? Are we going to do anything on the way there, or on the way back? You know, like, <laughs> um, I really needed the deets because um, transitions were so hard. And uh, even now as an adult, um, something about transitions that comes to my mind is that, like, um, the biggest uh, – yeah, I really think it was, like, the biggest adjustment – um, I experienced or biggest shift, um, when I, uh, when Hum and I started living together is that, uh, was transitioning from like, um, you know, being separate, uh, to coming together again. Um, and, uh, yeah, so often I would like, <laughs> instead of being like happy that, you know, cause I was, home and hum got home from work instead of being like very happy to see her and welcoming like <laughs> I wouldn't said get very irritated and um you know uh because it just felt like so violent you know it just felt like such a a um 
you know, even if I knew it was coming and knew like about what time she normally came home, like it would still just feel like a huge shock to my system to go from like alone time to together time. Um, you know, transitioning from like talking to myself to talking to someone else. And like, <laughs> you know, it's not like I, I, uh, and I've always been someone that needs like a, a lot of alone time and a lot of like self-directed time. Um, so like, it's not like I even, and anyone who get who needs alone time knows what I'm talking about. It's not that there are, there are activities that I can only do by myself or like, <laughs> you know, it's not anything like that. It's not, I'm not like, I really think 99.9% of the time I'm not doing anything interesting in the slightest. It's just the mindset. It's just the shift of, you know, I am alone in my space to someone is sharing my space. And that's, um... Yeah. And that understandably was very hurtful, <laughs> um, to hum. Uh, so we had to really work on that and, um, you know, so transitions and all, all of the, the transition turbulences I am very familiar with and <laughs> have a lot to say about. Um, and, and of course it's not, news that many, many, many uh, ADHDers struggle with transitions. Um, a lot, a lot of us uh, talk about this and um, how it's difficult to shift focus from one thing to another, um, even if it's you who's trying to shift your focus from to another thing. Um, which, and uh, I know many people know that, but it might, uh, it might be kind of a surprise to some people um because you know i can see some people being like but but adhd years they love jumping from like one activity to uh uh or topic or place to another like they're always jumping around like why it seems like adhd years lives are full of transitions why should it be hard for them <laughs> and i get that i do <laughs> um but uh I, uh, so here's what you need to know about transitions. There's a few things, right? So number one <clears throat> is that, uh, transitions between anything, you know, between like, um, topics, uh, locations, activities, uh, demands, whatever, like they all demand pretty much every single executive function. Um, and I don't think that there are many things that do that. Like, I don't think there are many scenarios where you have to use every single last one of your executive functions. And keep in mind, like, those are the, all of the things that your brain is doing automatically if you're neurotypical, right? Like, those are the things that you don't really have to think about. Um, and it doesn't take too much out of you. Um, but for an ADHD, all of those things feel like separate commands, right? It's not like um, it's not like a list of chained. I don't know anything about computers, but it's not like a list of like uh, an automated response, right? Um, whereas, like you know, like going uh, from video game to homework, uh, for some people, it might be like a an automated response, like a chain that comes together of like turn off video game. Um, get up, get backpack, sit down at the table, you know, like that might be a very, uh, a seamless, like continuous flow. But for ADHDers, we feel every one of those steps. So, um, hopefully that gives some, 
can help maybe help you understand why uh, it feels so hard um, and why you might get understandably a lot of resistance. Okay, so some of the tips that I might have. So um, what I addressed in the beginning is that um, I really struggled with transitions as a kid. And so what my parents said is that they tried to give me advance notice as much as they could. Um, you know, we're going to grandma and grandpa's like, this is the time that we're leaving and we're going to be there overnight. So make sure you bring, um, you know, a toothbrush and, um, you know, this is how long we'll be there. And this is when we're going back and, you know, we're going at five o'clock. So there might be some traffic. So you might be in the car for a while. And, um, so they tried to prepare me, um, and give me a sense of what to expect. Um, and that eased transitions, um, in terms of being an adult, um, transitioning to hum coming home, <laughs> um, at the end of the day, um, we, uh, yeah, we do a lot of, we've worked a lot about, um, a lot of it was on hum and, um, hum having to do a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of work and understanding um because of how hurtful it felt you know like so she had to really work on not taking that personally um and uh not trying not to <laughs> combine my irritability uh with like oh it's because abby doesn't want to see me and doesn't want to spend time with me and uh so a lot of the work was on her to understand that that's really not the case is that i did want to see her and i was happy to see her but it was also a big shift for me um, and, uh, and we worked out a couple compromises, like even, um, even now, like when, uh, when she's out, like we both like work from home now, so it's a little bit less of that, but it still involves a lot of transitioning from being separate to being together, you know, like, um, so, uh, you know, she always gives me a text when she's on her way home. Um, and so I know to expect her and, uh, you know, when I was coming home from someplace, I always, um, I always need a lot of time in between that. So like when I was working outside the home and when I came home, um, I would spend a lot of time in the car in between, um, you know, just like dawdling on my phone and just kind of getting out of work mode and getting into, um, you know, home mode, uh, partner mode, whatever. Um, <clears throat> You know, so a lot of stuff like that. So those are the ways that we kind of address those things um, throughout my life. Um, other tips that uh, might be helpful. Um, first, before I say other tips, I wanted to mention that um, something to be aware of is that, um, for one, like ADHD... <sighs> I don't know the stats, so I don't know if I want to say like rarely travels alone, but is, uh, you know, it, it's very common to have ADHD not traveling alone. Um, and by that, I mean, um, there might be other comorbidities at play that might be affecting your uh, or your child's um difficulty with transitioning. So whether that might be, um, I think the, probably the biggest impact um on transition specifically would probably be autism i would say um which is very commonly found alongside adhd and a lot of times um there are a lot of people who have been diagnosed with adhd who um were not 
uh, are undiagnosed autism or vice versa. And that the reason for that is because, um, I mean, part of the reason, I mean, first of all, given that, you know, the research is very skewed on, um, you know, white males um, and how autism presents in them. So uh, we're still very much catching up with um, not only adult presentations of autism and the wide uh, diversity in autism presentations, but also um, how it presents in um, people of color and women and, um, you know, all other factors that could impact that. So, um, but on top of that, uh, it was also up until like pretty recently, I want to say, I think within my lifetime, um, maybe even within the last 10 or 15 years, it used to be impossible to diagnose ADHD and autism together. They used to be considered, um, you know, uh, shoot, what's the word I want? Uh, mutually exclusive. Um, so there are a lot of people that got diagnosed as one or the other, and um, the uh, whoever diagnosed them just couldn't really consider the possibility that there's both. So that is something that will also affect transitions. So um, it might be something to look into, even if you're an adult, and even if you think, well, if I had autism, surely someone would would have caught it by now. And the answer is probably no, they wouldn't have. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, and I just say that just because it might give you an added lens of clarity. It might really help um, with uh, self-compassion or compassion for your child or others, um, as well as giving give you a little bit um a little bit more tools and um, community in that regard. So, um, but other comorbidities that might impact transitioning is, of course, anxiety. Um, whether that's like social anxiety, um, OCD, anything along those on that uh, spectrum, um, that might really affect it. As well as some learning disabilities, you know, like um, learning disabilities that affect uh, physical space and numbers, like telling time. Um, verbal, nonverbal memory, uh, and language processing, sensory processing disorder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that might be a good place to start is that if it's, uh, if you've tried a lot of these other tips and it's still not quite clicking or it still feels really rough, it might be something to explore. Um, But Otherwise, um, and so like a lot of these tips are not specific to ADHD. I think um, they might help a wide variety of people struggling with transitions for whatever flavor of neurodiversity you have. Um, So, of course, a lot of people start with timers. Um, That's a very common uh, tip. And and there's a reason for that. I mean, it, it can be very, very helpful, you know, like having... Um, giving time warnings, you know, like this is a five minute warning, we have to switch in five minutes, um, you know, 10 minutes, um, things like that. Um, establishing like visual timers, like um, time timers, one um, that gives a visual representation of like, uh, I think I've talked about it in the past, like a, um, it's like a, a a circle, right? So you have a given amount of time and it's one circle. And so you can watch the the circle kind of diminish as your time runs out. Um, so that really helps. Um, analog clocks tend to help a lot of people with ADHD because you can physically see the time passing and you can see the minute hand go around. Um, so that can help a lot of people um, and, uh, and things like that. But on top of that... Um, and on top of like routine, which can also 
um, help. Um, you know, so uh, there's not a lot of variety in when you switch from one task to another. Like you have a homework time, you have a video game time, you have a dinner time, and that's um, and that might help um, <clears throat> with transitions because everyone knows what to expect and when to expect it. Um, but on top of that, I would recommend giving ample time in between tasks. So um, really try to bake that into your routine wherever possible. Um, and, uh, you know, just and just have in mind that it's going to take a little bit longer um, for you or another neurodivergent loved one to switch from one thing to the next. Um, and so just really try to allow for that and allow for some um, rest in between because a lot of times like one thing or another can be very taxing and um, some rest time could really make a difference. Um, <clears throat> the next step I would have is, um, is on autonomy. So, um, and this is for uh, yourself as well as a child. Um, so a lot of, uh, I think maybe even a universal feeling among um, ADHDers and other uh, neurodivergence is the feeling that we're often forced to work on other people's schedules and forced to live according to other people's expectations. And so there's so much that does not feel like it's up to us. Um, so we're often like forced to do things that um, not not in our time, um, like before we're ready, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, in, in ways that feel very unnatural to us. So this is a very common experience for neurodivergent people. And so I say that because it's important to remember uh, transitions are often uh, yeah, I, I often, if not most of the time, um, driven by an external person or force, you know, like if you're a child, like your, your parent determines when your bedtime is and your parent determines when you're, you're supposed to be done with video games. Um, so I really, um, recommend that you try to give, um, give yourself or give your child as much control as possible. Um, and uh, so, for example, like, you know, maybe talking ahead of time, maybe noticing what tra transitions are especially difficult with your child and talking about it ahead of time. Like, hey, I noticed it's really tough for you to get off video games and um, and start doing your homework. Like, what would make that feel easier? And like, um, you know, how how can you feel like you have some agency? Maybe I just trust you to stop by a certain um, in a certain time frame, and then if you don't, then maybe, you know, I step in and I remind you, like, would time reminders help? Um, maybe with your partner or a loved one, like, um, maybe you can, uh, if you're an adult, like, reach out to someone and be like, okay, I have a lot of trouble, like, going to bed on time and, um, or at a time that will help me the next day. And so, um, Maybe you could try asking your partner, like, hey, could you, like, um, like ask me to come to bed with you or remind me that I <laughs> I wanted to go to bed earlier or, <laughs> or something like that. Um, 
So asking for support could really help, um, but try to get make it so that um, the person who has trouble with transitions is um, a driving force in the choices that are made. Um, because that, uh, and I think across the board, like if someone feels that they have um, investment and have had some say over something, it becomes a little bit easier to um, comply and to kind of self-motivate. So um, yeah, try to, and I think that will, um, you know, might ease some of the tension, um, and discomfort and rebellion, um, or pushback. Um, okay. Next tip is, um, actually I'm going to jump ahead. Um, because kind of related to that, my other tip is, um, try to work, uh, with natural transitions. So, um, all the time I hear about like, um, about like parents who, uh, are trying to get their child to go to bed. And, um, and the more I ask questions, the more I realize like they're, they're asking their child to like, uh, like stop watching TV, like halfway through something like halfway through a TV episode, halfway through a movie. And like, um, I think, for all of us, like as humans, that would be very difficult. Um, you know, like I think we're kind of um, wired to seek out resolutions to narratives and stories. And so to have to stop halfway through can feel very disruptive. Um, and uh, and for children as well as adults, you know, like, um, you know, uh, uh, finding natural stopping points wherever you can and finding um, – you know, things that, uh, can more naturally go hand in hand. Um, so for me, um, <clears throat> in terms of like TV, like I, um, I, <laughs> at night I usually watch a lot of like crime shows. <laughs> so I need, uh, and I know I need some sort of like lighter, um, media to transition into bedtime. Um, or else it starts to feel roll down. So, uh, and um, I think pretty much everyone knows by now how much I love The Office and um, and how horrible and a crime against humanity it is uh, for them to have taken it off all streaming services except for um, NBC's crappy Peacock uh, streaming thing. So, and putting it behind a paywall. So, um, I had to get the DVDs. And, uh, and that's annoying because I can't really watch like 60 episodes in a row anymore. Um, it doesn't just keep going and going. I have to get up and I ch and change the DVD. So what I do is that like, um, for one, it, it kind of gives natural stopping points, um, when, uh, whatever disc I'm on ends. Um, and that's usually, it helps me like transition to bedtime, um, or obviously, like, each episode is, like, 20-something minutes or whatever. And so that's uh, – there are points in between that I can stop. And so when I finish one disc before I go to bed, I um, I take out the disc and I put in the next one so that it's ready for the next night. So I don't have to do a lot of, like – it's not a lot of work for me to get up and transition and put on my transition show, you know. Um, I can just, like, switch the thing on the remote and, um, and press play and that will – um, help me, uh, give me natural stop point, stopping points and help with the transition. So, 
that's something I do. Something, um, other things I do is like trying to combine things with, um, when I have to go to the bathroom or get food. Um, so like, uh, things I have to do, like, um, feeding Max or, um, you know, cleaning out the litter box, things like that. I'll, I'll try to do those things when I'm already up and, um, and moving about like in the bathroom and, uh, in the kitchen and things like that. So I'll try to combine things wherever I can. Um, oh yeah. Um, like for video games, like for Sims, like, um, you know, obviously like Sims time moves a lot faster than real time. And so, um, a natural stopping point might be like at the end of the Sims day. Um, and that might be a place where I can find a stop. So wherever you can find a natural stopping point, I really recommend that. Um, and, um, similar to that, trying to like, uh, trying to come up with activities that are specifically for transitions. So like I said, like the office is my transition show. Um, it's something that I put on. It's familiar. It's expected. I've seen it. Like, I don't care to try to think of how many times I've seen it. Um, I know exactly what's going to happen and I know, uh, where the episode will stop and when, and, um, it gives me a very good rhythm and it helps me kind of divide, um, you know, because it's very difficult for us to feel time passing. So anything that you can have that helps you feel time passing is really good. So TV episodes, um, music is a lot of thing that people use for transition activities, um, putting on, it can be a specific playlist or it can just be, you know, any kind of music because they're, they tend to be divided into very like, um, bite-sized chunks of time, right? Um, you know, it can involve movement, you know, you can like dance in between, um, <clears throat> You can, uh, you know, use your body to, like, transition from one thing to another. Um, like, I had a therapist, when I was a new therapist, my therapist recommended that um, at the end of the day, I use, like, a dry brush, and um, and I do that right when I get home, and I, like, I brush, um, I don't know, something about exfoliating or circulation or whatever, but, um, and using that to help transition from, like, you know, listening to other people's, uh, you know, problems and, and trauma all day and trying to separate that um, and trying to um, use external activities to incorporate a um, an internal boundary between myself as a therapist and myself as a person <laughs> um, and as a partner and as a, you know, um, a rest time. So, um, and that can look like a lot of things. You can do like a short walk in between activities. You can, um, uh, you know, jumping jacks. Um, something I kind of like is that um, at the end of our um, at end of our uh, yoga class, um, we're in a resting posture at the end. And so um, my friend Jess, who's my yoga teacher, always says like, um, I don't know if this is common across all yoga classes or if this is just a her thing, but. Um, she says, like, start by, like, wiggling your fingers and your toes and let that movement lead to bigger movements until you move out of your resting posture and, um, you know, and, and sit up or stand up. So um, and I think that can work across a lot of different contexts, you know, like um, letting little movements and little changes lead to big changes. Um, so that might be a cool way to look at it. Um, <clears throat> beep, 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 beep. 
Yeah. And then my last tip is um, something I've said before and I will say again, and um, I will never stop saying (laughs) because I really think it's at the root of most, if not all ADHD accommodations, which is try whenever you can to intervene at the point of performance. So, um, and I think that can really help with transitions as well, because it kind of limits the amount of work it takes to transition from one thing to another. So by that, I mean, um, the bathroom supplies that you use at the same time, try to group them together in the bathroom, like the same drawer or whatever. Um, you know, make sure that your toothbrush and your toothpaste are not too far apart, that they're very close together. Make sure that your, um, you know, your contact lens solution is, um, very close to your, you know, face wash, you know, things that you do together, um, try to like clump your tasks and that can really lessen the load, the cognitive load that it requires to transition from one task to another, if it's all kind of already in the same place. Um, and, uh, yeah so try to do that whenever you can like um i have uh i take a harper medicine that i have to take like before a meal and so what i did is instead of putting that with my other meds i instead put that uh the bottle of meds where i usually am when it's time to take that med um you know it's like by by the couch like in the couch pouch (laughs) Um, because that's where I am usually when I have to take it. And so it's not a lot of trying to like transition and remember where I put it and get up and go upstairs and change rooms. And, you know, like it's giving me less opportunity to get sidetracked, to get derailed, um, and removing a lot of the work. Um, so yeah, so that's, um, basically my, my transition hacks and rants, um, and, uh, yeah, and, and just know that, um, again, it can be very easy to sink into shame, um, whether that's feeling shame um, about yourself or inadvertently shaming someone else or your child. Um, and it's very easy to slip into that because these are the kind of things that we've been taught are very easy. And so it's very, it can feel very shameful to have so much trouble with them. And so something to, um, you know, a re-reminder is that like these aren't easy. These are not simple tasks. These are not simple uh, requirements or demands. Um, Other people just have, um, you know, are are lucky, you know, (laughs) like other people are lucky enough to have some things automated that we have to do manually. Um, and so just remember that it's not any failing on your part. And, um, this might be controversial, but I think a lot of times, like, um, a lot of times, especially for children, I think we can like focus on, there's like this this effort to to train children or like teach skills, and um, I'm kind of becoming increasingly, um, you know, uncomfortable with that because I think a lot of the times we confuse skills with um, innate ability or like brain wiring, you know, and like, and I just, I really want to say that like, there are some things that you just, that you can't learn. And I say that to say like, 
you shouldn't waste your time learning them and you shouldn't waste your time feeling ashamed that you don't feel you've learned them, you know, and there's, um, I think there's a lot of value in, in, uh, you know, moving away from like, oh, I just don't know enough to, I'm just not doing this in a way that is, um, that fits my, my brain. You know, um, so moving away from skill teaching and moving instead into accommodation. Um, and how can I set up my environment? Um, how can I support my loved one in a way that um, that plays to their strengths um, and doesn't, you know, you know, because I mean, anybody like for kids, especially but anybody like if everything that you have to do feels like a pop quiz, like you're not going to want to do anything, you know, like if everything feels like, um, a test on a skill that someone is trying to get you to learn, like that sucks, you know? Um, so yeah. So basically my point is, um, this is hard. Um, and I know it's harder not to feel shame about it, but, um, as much as you can try to remind yourself that this is very hard. Um, and and remember that it's not something that you're failing at um and everything is just it's an experiment it's data collection you know like if you try one thing um if you try giving a verbal warning of how much time is left and that really doesn't work then you say okay now we know like now we know that doesn't really work um and so we can try something else like that's a valuable thing to learn um like to gather data on. So, um, yeah. Was that Edison quote or something of like, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that don't work or something like that. Um, it's like that, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, be kind to yourself, be kind to your children, be kind to each other. Um, and also uh, I hate that I kept keep having to say this, but remember that, we are going through a time of extreme cumulative trauma, um, COVID, um, upheaval across the globe, um, climate change, you know, like you name it. Like there's a lot of things that are so taxing on our systems right now. Um, and it will further drain our resources. It will feel like transitions we could have made easily before are not so easy anymore. Um, so yeah, that's another reason to give yourself a break, um, and give each other a break. Yeah. Okay. I think I've talked enough for today. Um, but I love you and, uh, good luck. And, um, <laughs> if you have any other questions, please email them to me. Just know that it might be two years before I answer it or address it. Um, but I am reading them. I am thinking about them and I do work them in whenever I can. So, um, and I appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, hearing from, from you all, what you want to hear, like, what do you want to learn? What do you want to talk about? What do you want? Um, validation that you're not crazy, you know, whatever you need. Um, oh, my last thought is that like, I've just been thinking about, um, what if I were to make like merch like t-shirts or you know planners <laughs> just kidding <laughs> um hats um whatever like if i were to make things um that anyone uh, like podcast themed uh apparel or whatever 
um, that people, uh, what would people want? Like, and what would people want on them? You know, like if I were to make a t-shirt, um, an ADHD manual t-shirt, what would you want it to say? Like, would you want it to just be like a logo? Is there something, you know, that I've said or say all the time <laughs> ad nauseum that you think would be appropriate to put on there? Um, so yeah, I think I'll try to, I might make a poll on either Facebook or, um, Twitter, um, to get some opinions. So please keep your eye out for that. Um, cause I would really appreciate some input. Um, because if I feel like no one is interested in it, I will, um, uh, collapse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, fizzle out very quickly. So yeah. So if that is something that interests you, um, you know, please let me know and look out for polls so you can tell me what you want. Um, yeah. Um, take care. Um, and, uh, I'll see you in August. Bye. That's all for this episode, but there is plenty more at my website, theadhdmanual.com. That's T-H-E-A-D-H-D-M-A-N-U-A-L.com. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit at The ADHD Manual. Do you have a question, comment, or story? Then I want to hear it. Email me at theadhdmanual at gmail.com. Very special thank you to my brother, Joe Miner, for composing this theme music. And thank you so much for listening. And remember to be kind to yourself. See you next time.